Chapter Thirty Six of the House of Whispers by William Lacroix. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. In which Gabrielle tells a strange story. Gabrielle fell back in fear. Her handsome countenance was blanched to the lips. This man intended to speak, to tell the terrible truth, and before her lover, too. She clenched her hands and summoned all her courage. Flockhart laughed at her, laughed in triumph. I thank you, Gabrielle, he said, that you should put an end to this deceit towards your poor blind father. What do you mean? cried Walter in a fury, advancing towards Flockhart. What has this question, whatever it is, to do with you? Is it your place to stand between father and daughter? Yes, answered the other in cool defiance. It is. I am Sir Henry's friend. His friend? His enemy? You are not my father's friend, Mr. Flockhart, declared the girl, noticing the look of pain upon the afflicted old gentleman's face. You have all along conspired against him for years, and you are actually conspiring with Lady Hayburn at this moment. You lie, he cried. You say this in order to shield yourself. You know that your mother and I are aware of your crime and have always shielded you. Crime? gasped Walter Murray, utterly amazed. What is this man saying, dearest? But the girl stood, blanched and rigid, her jaw set, unable to utter a word. Let me tell you briefly, Flockhart went on. Lady Hayburn and myself have been this girl's best friends. But now I must speak openly, in defense of the allegation she is making against me. Yes, speak, urged Sir Henry. Speak and tell the truth. It is a painful truth, Sir Henry. Would that I were not compelled to make such a charge. Your daughter deliberately killed a young girl named Edna Bryant. She poisoned her on account of jealousy. Impossible, cried Sir Henry, starting up. I, I can't believe it. Flockhart, what are you saying? My daughter a murderess? Yes, I repeat my words. And not only that, but Lady Hayburn and myself have kept her secret until, until now, it is imperative that the truth should be told to you. Let me speak, Dad, let me tell you. No, cried the old man, I will hear Flockhart. And turning to his wife's friend, he said hoarsely, Go on, tell me the truth. The tragedy took place at a picnic, just before Gabrielle left her school at Amiens. She placed poison in the girl's wine. Ah, it was a terrible revenge. I am innocent, cried the girl in despair. Remember the letter which you wrote to your mother concerning her? You told Lady Hebron that you hated her. Do you deny writing that letter? because if you do, it is still in existence. I deny nothing which I have done, she answered. You have told my father this in order to shield yourself. You have endeavored, as the coward you are, to prejudice me in his eyes, as you compelled me to lie to him when you opened his safe and copied certain of his papers. You opened the safe, he protested. Why, I found you there, myself. Enough, she exclaimed quite coolly. I know the dread charge against me. I know too well the impossibility of clearing myself, especially in the face of that letter I wrote to Lady Hayburn. But it was you and she who entrapped me, and who held me in fear because of my inexperience. Tell us the truth, the whole truth, darling, urged Murray, standing at her side and taking her hand confidently in his. The truth, she said in a strange voice, as though speaking to herself. Yes, let me tell you. I know that it will sound extraordinary, 
yet i swear to you by the love you bear for me walter that the words i am about to utter are the actual truth i believe you declared her lover reassuringly which is more than anyone else will interposed flockhart with a sneer but perfectly confident it was the hour of his triumph she had defied him and he therefore intended to ruin her once and for all the girl was standing pale and erect one hand grasping the back of a chair the other held in her lover's clasp while her father had risen his expressionless face turned towards them his hand groping until it touched a small table upon which stood an old punch bowl full of sweet-smelling potpourri listen dad she said heedless of flockhart's remark hear me before you condemn me i know that the charge made against me by this man is a terrible one god alone knows what i have suffered these last two years how i have prayed for deliverance from the hands of this man and his friends it happened a few months before i left amiens lady Hayburn, you'll recollect rented a pretty flat in the rue leonce renoe in paris she obtained permission for me to leave school and visit her for a few weeks i recalled perfectly remarked her father in a low voice well there came many times to visit us an american girl named bryant who was studying art and who lived somewhere off the boulevard michel as well as a frenchman named felix crail and an englishman called hamilton hamilton echoed murray was his name edgar hamilton my friend yes the same was her quiet reply then she turned to murray and said we all went about a great deal together for it was summer-time and we made many pleasant excursions in the district edna bryant was a merry cheerful girl and i soon grew to be very friendly with her until one day lady Hayburn, when alone with me repeated in strict confidence that the girl was secretly devoted to you walter to me he cried true i knew a miss bryant long ago but for the past three years or so have entirely lost sight of her lady Hayburn told me that you were very fond of the girl and this i confess aroused my intense jealousy i believe that the girl i had trusted so implicitly was unprincipled and fickle and that she was trying to secure the man whom i had loved ever since a child i had to return to school and from there i wrote to lady Hayburn, who had gone too deep a letter saying hard things of the girl and declaring that i would take secret revenge that i would kill her rather than allow walter to be taken from me a month afterwards i again returned to paris that man standing there she indicated flockhart was living at the hotel continental and was a frequent visitor he told me that it was well known in london that walter admired miss bryant a declaration that i admit drove me half mad with jealousy it was a lie declared walter i never made love to the girl i admired her that's all well laughed flocker go on tell us your versions of the affair i am telling you the truth she cried boldly facing him one day lady Hayburn, having arranged a cycling picnic invited mr hamilton mr crail mr flockhart miss bryant and myself and we had a beautiful run to chantilly a distance of about forty kilometres where we first made a tour of the old chateau and afterwards entered the cool shady foray de pontarme while the others went away to explore the paths in the splendid wood i was left to spread the luncheon upon the ground setting before each place a half bottle of red wine which i found in the baskets 
then when all was ready i called to them but there was no response they were all out of hearing i left the spot and searched for a full twenty minutes or so before i discovered them first i found mr crail and mr flockhart strolling together smoking while the others were on ahead they had lost their way among the trees i led them back to the spot where luncheon was prepared and all of us being hungry we quickly sat down chatting and laughing merrily of a sudden miss bryant stared straight before her dropped her glass and threw up her arms heavens why ah my throat she shrieked i i'm poisoned in an instant all was confusion the poor girl could not breathe she tore at her throat while her face became convulsed we obtained water for her but it was useless for within five minutes she was stretched rigid upon the grass unconscious and a few moments later she was still quite dead ah shall i ever forget the scene the effect produced upon us all was appalling all was so sudden so tragic so horrible lady Habern was the first to speak gabrielle she said what have you done you have carried out the secret revenge which in your letter you threatened i saw myself trapped those people had some motive in killing the girl and placing the crime upon myself i could not speak for i was utterly dumbfounded the fiends ejaculated walter fiercely they followed a hurried consultation in which crail showed himself most solicitous on my behalf the pale-faced girl went on aided by flockhart i think he scraped away a hole in the pit full of dead leaves and there the body must have been concealed just as it was to me they all took a solemn vow to keep what they had declared to be my secret the bottle containing the wine from which the poor american girl had drunk was broken and hidden the plates and food swiftly packed up and we at once fled from the scene of the tragedy with crail wheeling the girl's empty cycle we reached the high road where we all mounted and rode back in silence to paris ah shall i ever rid myself of the memory of that fatal afternoon she cried as she paused for breath fearing that he might be noticed taking along the empty cycle crail threw it into the river near valmodos she went on arrived back at the rue leonce renault i protested that nothing had been introduced into the wine but they declared that owing to my youth and the terrible scandal it would cause if i were arrested they would never allow the matter to pass their lips mr hamilton indeed making the extraordinary declaration that such a crime had extenuating circumstances when love was at stake i then saw that i had fallen the victim of some clever conspiracy but so utterly overcome was i by the awful scene that i could make but faint protest ah think of my horrible position accused of a crime of which i was entirely innocent the days slipped on and i was sent back to a means and in due course came home here to dear old glencardine from that day i have lived in constant fear until on the night of the ball at conican you remember the evening dad on that night mr flockhart returned in secret beckoned me out upon the lawn and showed me something which held me petrified in fear it was a cutting from an edinburgh paper that evening reporting that two of the forest guards at pontarn had discovered the body of the missing miss bryant and that the french police were making active inquiries he threatened you asked walter he told me to remain quiet and that he and lady Habern would do their best to shield me for that reason dad she went on turning to the blind man 
for that reason i feared to denounce him when i discovered him with your safe open for that reason i was compelled to take all the blame and all your anger upon myself the old man's brow knit where's my wife he asked i must speak to her before we go further this is a very serious matter lady heyburn is still at park street flockart replied i will hear no more declared the blind baronet holding up his hand not another word until my wife is present End of chapter 36